This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. The Bible is such a word of encouragement to us. It is a timely and fit word for whatever situation we may find ourselves. I'm glad you're here today because the Word of God has a message for you. You may have been just rescued or survived a serious crisis. You may be going into a serious crisis. Or you may know someone who's going through a crisis. God's Word is an encouragement and a help. It's a light unto our path. And so here in this message called Supernatural Support, we're going to be reminded that God helps us through whatever crisis or problem or situation we are facing. Supernatural support. First of all, I want to uh, ask three questions that we tend to have when we go through a time of crisis. Three questions. The first is, can I endure this crisis? This crisis seems to be giving me the squeeze. It's crushing me. I don't think I'm going to make it through. Can I face another day? Second question we ask, is God really in control? Why do bad things happen to good people? Is God really in control? And the third question is, does God really love me? The good news is that the remainder part of Romans 8 that we're covering in this series called Confident in Christ says that the answer to these questions is a resounding yes. Can you endure? Yes, you can. Is God really in control? Yes, He is. Does He really love me? You betcha. Now, we can see that um, strength is going to be covered in Romans 8, 26 to 27. The strength to endure is that God understands us and what we're going through. God helps us, and the Holy Spirit prays through us to communicate the depth of the pain and the struggle that we have, that we may receive God's resources. Romans 8, 28 to 30 reminds us with confidence that God is in control. He's working all things for good in our lives. And then Romans 8, 31 to 39 reminds us that God's love upholds us no matter what we're going through. The Lord has assured us that nothing and no one can separate us from his love in Christ. Don't you want to just stop right now and say hallelujah? Don't want you to give praise to God and say thank you, Lord. 
that no matter what I'm going through, you give me the strength to endure, the confidence to know you're in control, and you give me the love that holds me together during this time. So we're looking at now specifically Romans 8 and verses 26 and 27. Let me read these verses for us. Remain seated, but listen attentively because this is the word of the Lord. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You see, the Spirit supports your need. The Spirit speaks your heart's cry. And the Spirit syncs, that is, synchronizes your request with God's resources. Do you believe that? You can be confident in Christ because the endurance you need, the perseverance through problems is possible because of the Holy Spirit of God. The third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God, the power of God, and the peace of God applied to your life and situation. Did you hear that? That God, by His Holy Spirit, personally, intimately, gives you His presence, His power, and His peace in the person of His Holy Spirit. You're not abandoned. You're not left alone. You are not forgotten. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of you. Says, we can make it together. When I was running the Chicago Marathon, I was up there in uh, mile 21 of 26.2 miles. And uh, suddenly Shirley is walking next to me. And I am in an upright fetal position. And I'm looking at Shirley walking next to me. I said, how are you walking when I'm running? That's how slow I got. And I still had 5.2 miles to go. But someone came next to me and said, is this your first marathon? You can make it. I'll run with you. And he slowed down and he looked like he was walking. But you know what? I made it to the finish line because someone came alongside of me. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of you so that you can make it. You can make it across the finish line. You can make it as a victor. So let's look then at these three points. The first one being, the Spirit supports my need. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What does it mean in the same way? If we look back at Romans chapter 8, 
we see such phrases as this. Verse 18, our present sufferings. And then creation is subjected to frustration and bondage is in bondage to decay and is groaning as in the pains of childbirth. And we groan inwardly as we await eagerly for the adoption of sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And we are waiting eagerly with hope. But in the meantime, this side of heaven and the land of thorns and thistles due to sin, the whole creation is off kilter. And that's why we have Hurricane Dorian and other natural disasters, because this isn't the Garden of Eden anymore. We're in the land of thorns and thistles. And guess what? We're groaning. We're groaning because of the pain. We're feeling the weakness. So just as creation is groaning, we're groaning in the same way. Yet in the midst of our weakness, the Spirit helps us. Let me talk about weakness and then the Holy Spirit as the helper. Weakness. When you go through difficulty, and this is not a comprehensive list, but I thought seriously about it, you could be going through physical pain. You could be going through psychological angst, cognitive dissonance, directional disorientation, emotional turmoil, relational conflict, spiritual oppression, and maybe all of the above. You and I get pounded by the forces of everything that goes on, just like those in the Bahamas had a Category 5-plus hurricane, Dorian, over it for over five hours, just getting pummeled. Sometimes you feel like you're in the washing machine of life and you're being tumbled and you experience your weakness. And you know what? It's a good thing to admit you're weak. It's a good thing to admit you're powerless. Why? Because when you come to the end of your rope, you find God. When you come to the end of your rope, you find God. When you're, you're down and out, you have nowhere to look but up. So it's good. When Jehoshaphat came to the end of his rope, he admitted his powerlessness. There were all these armies set against him and, and Judah. And he said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You see what he just did? He admitted his powerlessness. We don't know what to do, but we know our eyes are on you. And then Paul, when he had a thorn in the flesh, he pleaded with God and the Holy Spirit was helping him and pleading that this thorn in the flesh, whether it was physical or persecution of some kind, would be removed from him. And he received the message, my grace is sufficient for you. There was a time when uh, I had a, an extremely important meeting at a large church I was the pastor of. We were deciding whether to build a 1,000-seat sanctuary or not. This meeting was critical to the whole process. 
and I had to take someone to the airport, and on the way back, my car broke down at the toll booth. So I had to pull way over, and cars were zipping by me, and I'm hanging halfway out into the uh, farthest lane to the right, and I called AAA, and you know what? That's going to take several hours for AAA to get to me. And I had a call and said, I'm not going to make the meeting. I have car trouble. AAA is going to take three hours to get here. Go on without me. You know what? At that moment, I felt powerless. I felt defeated. I felt all alone. I had a pity party for one. I felt, you know, out of control and no influence on a very important decision that was going to affect the future of this large church. And I want you to know, God met me there in the midst of my powerlessness. When I admitted, Lord, there's nothing I can do except rely on you. There's nothing I can do but let go and give it over to you. And you know what? That's a wonderful place to be. You may be running under some trees to get shelter from pouring rain. And you come under some trees you've never been under before, and you see some fresh and delicious fruit you've never seen before. When you are in a time of trial and you admit your neediness, you discover something about God you've never seen before. God wants to grow you in intimacy with him. How many of you have ever said in a time of trial or trouble, Lord, you are my portion in the land of the living? I have. You feel like everything else is gone away, but the Lord is your portion in the land of the living. So now the hope helper, the Holy Spirit, uh, is known as the adv- he's uh, the comforter, he's the one who leads us into all truth. But I think a good nickname for the Holy Spirit is the helper. Help, and let me give you this definition for help. Help is he makes up for what we lack. Can you write that down or just think about that? The Holy Spirit makes up for what we lack. He helps us, he completes us, He provides what we need. We feel so small and the task or the challenge seems so big and he makes up the difference between us and meeting that task, facing up to that challenge. So we have an inability to express the depth of our frustration and the labor pain groans that we have. We can't seem to find the words to ask God for relief for strength to endure, for hope to hang on, for peace to calm down. We can't even find the words to ask for patience to trust God's promises about our future. We can't ask for wisdom to use our current suffering to grow in Christlikeness, or even ask for grace to be forgiven of our sins and restored when we fail. We have trouble articulating under the pressure of problems, what exactly we need. Today, you might need a rebuilding after the fire of destruction. Literally, if you were in paradise. 
figuratively otherwise. You may need comfort for your multiple losses. You may need a cooling breeze and the debilitating heat. You might need a strong wind in your sails or a powerful motor for your sailboat when there is no wind. You may need a haven of rest in the midst of an unrelenting storm. You might need a quiet place for regathering your thoughts from the raging rapids of disrupting changes. You might need courage to remain responsible and faithful. You might need humility to be honest and authentic in your witness of God's transcendent power in your brokenness. Whatever is your weakness, the Holy Spirit is your helper. He enables you to come before God and articulate the depth of your soul. There's a beautiful song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. For the Bible tells me so. It was a poem originally by Anna Bartlett Warner, written in 1860. And it says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are what? They are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me, loves me still, though I'm very weak and ill. From his shining throne on high comes to watch me where I lie. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. Then his little child will take up to heaven for his dear sake. Here's a wonderful witness of admitting powerlessness and trusting in a loving God. Second, the Spirit speaks my heart's cry. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now, I want you to know this uh, applies to our prayer life, but we're talking about the prayers of the Holy Spirit praying through us to communicate our hearts to God. And there's a very cute story about prayer. It's about this uh, country boy and uh, he was passing a, a white church in the Vale, and it had its doors open because it was very hot. And he he heard the deacon praying behind the pulpit. And this deacon prayed such an eloquent prayer. And the little boy thought, I could never pray like that. But one day, the deacon was taking a walk out in the countryside, and he heard something behind a bush. And he went behind the bush and he saw a little boy on his knees. And the little boy said, A, B, C, D. And the deacon asked the little country boy, what do you think you're doing? He says, I'm praying. He says, it sounds like you're reciting the alphabet. He said, yes, I'm giving God the letters of the alphabet so he could spell out what's on my heart. Isn't that good? God knows what's on your heart. He knows what's on your heart. That we are but babies that could barely say Dada, or in the Aramaic, Abba. And we cannot explain all the specific details of how we feel. But if you had a baby or a toddler 
a child expert or an advanced mom like one of you could tell exactly why that baby is crying. You know the difference between a hungry cry and a hurting cry. You know the difference between an ear infection cry and a dirty diaper or gas problem cry. I'll tell you, a mom knows when that baby's crying out of fear or out of frustration or out of anger, especially anger because the baby's face just turns red. And the Holy Spirit knows what you're going through. Interestingly enough, when Jesus was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, that's when he said the word Abba in praying. Isn't that interesting? When he was under the stress where he was bleeding drops of blood, he prayed Abba. You can imagine that the Holy Spirit was helping him to pray, to articulate to the Father how to pray. So we don't know how to speak, but the Lord sure knows how to listen. When I do premarital counseling, I say to the, uh, to the man and the woman, look, communication is so important. Let's say you have a message you want to communicate to your loved one, and that message is in the shape of a softball, and you want to lob that softball very gently to your partner who has a huge glove and can catch the message of your heart. Wouldn't that be great? Well, what do we do as human beings? When someone tries to communicate the message of their heart and they lob that big softball towards us, we hit it out of the park with our own topics. Oh, well, that reminds me. Or, well, hey, that's nothing. Let me tell you a story better than that one. We're not that great at listening, are we? But God is great at listening to our hearts. He catches the large softball of the message on our hearts. There are three groans in Romans chapter 8. Creation groans, verse 22 Christians groan, verse 23, and the Spirit groans, verse 26. So all of these are groaning because of sin's effect, which is causing uh, deterioration and decay and destruction. We're all groaning because we're longing for the full redemption of the sons of men, which is the redemption of our bodies, our resurrection bodies. And that doesn't happen until Christ returns. So we're all in that period of the thorns and thistles this side of heaven. And I thought a lot about this because if you look at verse 18, it says, verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So I want you to imagine something with me. Would you imagine a map? Right here is Groningville. And over here is Gloryville. You're going from Groningville to eventually Gloryville. How are you going to make it from groaning to glory? And I thought along a lot about this. You're going to get from groaning to glory 
by being part of a grounded group of the grateful. By being in a church that's grounded in God's word and has gratitude towards God, you will make it to glory. I'm so thankful for this church because it has people like Don Hope. We had a memorial service for him yesterday. 98 years, a wonderful man of God. And you know, he cared about you. He would look through that pictorial directory and he would intercede for you. And he never complained. He was just a, a country gentleman. It reminds me of uh, John Quincy Adams, who on his 80th birthday was walking slowly along a Boston street, and a friend asked him, how is John Quincy Adams today? And the former president of the United States replied graciously, thank you, John Quincy Adams as well, sir, quite well, I thank you. But the house in which he lives at present is becoming dilapidated. It is tottering upon the foundations. Time and the seasons have nearly destroyed it. Its roof is pretty well worn out. Its walls are shattered and it trembles with every wind. The old tenement is becoming almost uninhabitable. And I think John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it soon. But he himself is quite well, sir. Quite well. Praise God that even though we are wearing out outwardly, we are growing and going from glory to glory inwardly. Praise the Lord that this present suffering is nothing to be compared to the weight of glory that is before us for all eternity. And the last point is this. The Spirit sinks my request with God's resources. It says in verse 27, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And he knows our hearts. We can pray, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the path everlasting. He's the one with whom we have to do where his word penetrates between bone and marrow. And he knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit and the, and the Father are one, and yet they fulfill different roles on the team. And the Father can interpret why and how the Spirit is bringing our needs to his attention and exactly what is being requested and is needed. I'm going to date myself, but I'm in good company. One of my favorite TV shows was called Squad 51. Squad 51 was the story of two paramedics in a red you know, paramed, uh, ambulance type car that would go and rescue people from the strangest situations. You know, they'd have to get them out of a, a, a canyon or, or out of a tree or whatever. And then they'd always get on the phone and call the doctor in the emergency room and say what all the needs were. The Holy Spirit is that paramedic who comes onto the scene. The word intercede, intercede means rescue mission. The Holy Spirit is on a rescue mission like a paramedic to come to you when you're hurting, to call in 
your condition, your stats, your vitals to the doctor, the great physician, God the Father, to meet your needs and to help you. You know, fax machines are funny things because you want to fax this sheet of paper to somebody across the country, around the world. And you put this piece of paper on this machine. You press in the phone number. And what, what happens next? You hear all these squeaks and squiggles and weird sounds. And what's happening? That piece of paper is translated exactly in its form, accurately, to the other part of the world. Isn't that amazing? So the Holy Spirit, with sighs and groans too much for words, communicates our requests from our heart exactly according to God's will that we might receive His resources in our time of need. Will we be able to endure? Yes, we can. Why? Because we're not abandoned. The Helper is with us. The Helper is speaking for us what's deep within us, and the Helper is hooking us up with the goods that we need to get through. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.